Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Today we're talking with Trey Wasser. He's the CEO of Ely Gold Royalties. We talked to him about strategy and positioning in the marketplace, their rapid growth over the last three years, and having Eric Sprott as a shareholder. Good morning, Trey. How are you, sir? I'm very good. How are you? That's great. Well, it's lovely to have you on the program. Um, we're quite keen on royalty companies. So, and um, we were, I think Mickey Fulp mentioned your company to us. So we were keen to get a hold of you. Um, why don't you start off with a one minute summary on the business, then we'll get stuck into some questions. Okay. Uh, yeah. Ely Gold Royalties, uh, we transformed the company basically three years ago and got on, uh, started building a portfolio of uh, royal properties, mainly in Nevada, uh, with the idea of selling the properties and, and retaining royalties. <clears throat> and so we've been doing that for about three years now. And uh, we've built up a portfolio of 33 royalties. Uh, we've got 20 properties that we have sold under a, a option program, four-year option. Uh, and those, if they continue with the option, they, those 20 properties will also generate royalties. And then we have a, an additional 20 to 25 properties that are available for sale. Uh, so we, <clears throat> we control through our royalty portfolio, our option portfolio, and our available property portfolio, over 70 gold properties, uh, primarily in Nevada. Right, okay, Thank, thanks for that summary. For people who are new to royalties, can you explain what a royalty is? A royalty is a share of the either gr gross revenue uh, off the top line of a mining operation. So uh, you have several types of royalties. The most common would be a net smelter royalty, which means that the company uh, producing company does get to deduct their cost of smelting uh, the ore, which is the final process, you know, to take the what comes from the mine and make it four nine gold. Uh, that and and but other than that, uh, the royalty owner is is paid right off the top line of the gold sales. Right. Okay. And and how did you get into this? How have you been in the royalty business for a long time? What's your experience in it? Well, we I've been with Ely uh, about ten years, and we were a, a a more traditional exploration and development company, and we developed a project in Nevada. Uh, the Mount Hamilton project. We took it all the way to bankable feasibility study and full permitting, and then sold that in 2015. Uh, and that's when we changed the, our, our business model. And we did that by buying out the properties and uh, uh, from a longtime prospector in Nevada, Jerry Bachman. Jerry then came on board. He runs our uh, Reno office and our, uh, he's our main land man. And Jerry's been doing this for 35 years where he stakes properties, uh, very low cost acquisition uh, on, on his properties, sells them and retains royalty. Uh, he did sell, he built up one portfolio that was sold. It actually ended up with Newmont and is now at a Cisco royalties uh, that, he, that he'd built up and, and sold in 2011. Okay, so, so tell, tell me a little bit about a little bit about the team because there's there's a couple of things I would need to believe 
to invest in a royalty company. One, that you know how to identify good projects, projects which will succeed, where the royalties will be paid uh, or continue to be paid. And two, you've got an ability with the paperwork around the contracting on a royalty. I mean, I guess sometimes that, that can be you know, fairly formulaic, but they, they are quite nuanced at times. So tell us a bit about the team and their ability to deliver on those two things. Well, first of all, I'd say that, you know, the, the bulk of the team is Jerry and myself. Jerry being the landman and uh, working, identifying the properties. <clears throat> As I said, he's been doing it a long time. So he, and we've got, uh, we've ac accumulated a database on properties that's probably second only to uh, Barrick Gold and Newmont in, in, in Nevada and the Western mm -hmm. United States. And so we're very good at identifying the properties. I think the quality of our properties is... Uh, reflected in our third-party partners. If you uh, go to our website and look at the uh, the list of our properties that are either in the royalty portfolio, you'll see all the major companies uh, listed there, the mid-tier producers, Premier Gold, Barrick, uh, McEwen Mining. Uh, it, uh, you know, the list just goes on and on, and it's all the top quality uh, companies that are prospecting and producing mm. in, uh, especially in Nevada. Now, what the, the beauty of our uh, model is that with the option model, we don't do joint ventures with our projects. They're way too hard to handle. So when you mentioned from the contract side, uh, <clears throat> we, because we option the properties a hundred percent and we don't have any management uh, in uh, of the projects once the paperwork is signed. We just basically send them an invoice, follow their news, of course, uh, and, and report to, to our shareholders on the progress on the project. But uh, for the most part, it's a very scalable model. And what we have is templates that have been approved by the lawyer. So I do most of the legal and, and contract work. And we have a, we work under a template. So basically from the time we sign an NDA it's our NDA. Uh, it's the same one for everybody. It's a non-disclosure agreement. Our term sheets are the same term sheet goes to everyone. The same option contract goes to everyone. And uh, it's, uh, it's very easy. Uh, so it, it, our royalty deeds and royalty agreements, it's with a few changes, you know, uh, nuances from company to company, they're basically all the same. And uh, and you're right, it's a very good question because you can get mired up in a lot of different things if, if we accepted everybody else's contracts and we don't do that. We supply all the contracts. So that's, that's, see, that's, that's fascinating to me. So that says to me that you're picking, um, you've kind of got a cookie cutter approach to this. It's the same types of companies, same sort of structures and, and set up here. So you're not, <clears throat> one, you're focused on gold, which we'll come to in a second. Uh, two, it's Nevada, which I guess we'll also come to in a, in a second. So you know what you know, you can replicate it, and that's part of the strategy which you've consciously decided to settle on. Is that right? That's correct. We took Jerry's, Jerry, this was Jerry's model, really. We just more or less put it on steroids by putting more capital behind it, concentrated more on, on consolidating claim packages. Uh, so, you know, you, what you won't see on the surface is that uh, behind the scenes to put a property package together, 
we may go out and stake some claims. We'll then work on uh, putting, putting all the claims together. The best projects that are unexplored in Nevada uh, that haven't seen exploration since the 80s and 90s have uh, claim fragmentation pro problems where you know, uh, different parties own the claims. The major companies won't fool with that uh, and take that risk. So we have been very successful in consolidating claim packages, and that's where the uh, the real uh, uh, quality of our projects and our partners comes through. Uh, I'd probably add one other thing that back when you're talking about the development too is we since in the last six months we've begun to purchase some producing royalties other than outside of our uh, royalty generation program and uh <clears throat> you know we could we can get into a few of those but uh in the development what we really focus on is projects and um uh, and royalties that are in and around producing mines so if you look at say uh, our with gold resource we have a producing royalty at their isabella pearl mine that they just put in commercial production this year uh but we also have a royalty a larger royalty on all the exploration ground there at Isabella Pearl, about seven mi miles of, of trend that's been unexplored, and three satellite mines or, or projects, Mina Gold County Line, where there's been production, not a lot of, uh, because of claim fragmentation problems, not uh, a lot of modern exploration. And and so th that that's an example of where, you know, our our projects are near producing mines. So what they need to do is just find more ore. They don't have to find enough ore to build a brand new mine. Uh, that's the same in the case with Premier Gold at their South Arturo mine. That's a joint venture with Barrick. We've we consolidated some claims right in the middle of their mining project. Uh, mm -hmm. We just uh, approved the sale of, uh, uh, of, of some claims right in the middle of McEwen Mining's gold bar mine. So our properties and that are being developed are, you know, they have a very high chance of, of be, becoming producers. Yeah, so, but I mean, that is to my point. It almost doesn't matter what projects you've got to me as an investor. I just need to know that you've looked at them, they meet your criteria, this cookie cutter approach to you know gold uh, royalties in Nevada, and it should be fine. I should just sit back and wait for the dividends, shouldn't I? That's what that's that's the kind of trust that level I need to have in you. Well, you know, the, I think that uh, having now been at this for three years in this business model, and of course, as I said, Jerry, more like you know, ten times at thirty-five years. Uh, uh, we also have on our board Bill Sheriff, who's a, a longtime prospector in Nevada, knows, uh, uh, again, we bought all of Bill's properties and royalties a couple of years ago and his database, which was, uh, which was huge, and he's on the board advising. So we know where the projects are. We know who the people are that have them. That's why we're able to do deals to, to consolidate the properties. But if you look, uh, the best thing is to go look, go to our website and look at the news flow. Yeah. And you can see that we're pretty prolific in doing deals and doing deals with quality companies. You are. But you know, if I also, if I go and look at the news flow, 
there's not a lot of chat around it. No one cares because it's fairly formulaic. It's like, you know, get on as business as usual, which, which says a lot to me. It says either people trust you or they don't care. But looking at your share price, it, it's, you know, heading the right way. Gold price is helping, obviously. But just sticking on numbers, if I look at market cap, you're 40 million bucks and you're, you know, you're a small royalty company in a sea of quite big precious metal royalty and streaming companies in, in the US. I mean, is that because you're niche, you're going to remain niche, you know, where you sit in the market, or is there room for growth? Oh, absolutely. There's room for growth. Uh, From where? You know, this time last year. Well, we're at a point in the in the market now with a $40 million market cap. I've always worked around a, a uh, an, an overall uh, kind of limitation is we were looking at looking at deals that uh, have to be an awfully good deal for us to uh, for it to be worth more than 10% of our market cap. So this time uh, in the first couple of years when we were at $10 million market cap, I was looking at you know $1 million deals. Uh, last year I was able to start looking at some uh, some larger deals, and now that our stock last three years our stock's up 160%. So we are growing. And now we're looking at deals that are in the three to five million. They, they're flying below the radar of the larger companies for sure. And yet they are, we're at that hockey stick point in our growth because a $4 million royalty, a, a new royalty deal to us of that size really moves the needle for us. I mean, all of a sudden it add, you know, it, it can add a, a, up to a million dollars a year in, in revenue and it's going to be adding some of these $4 million deals that allows us to get to the, the next step, which will be, uh, you know, where we, where we can have the uh, predictable income to start paying dividends. Right. Okay. So you're going to stick with Nevada. It's what you know, you've got a big database. There's a, this niche means that you don't have to compete with the big guys because it's too small for them, way too small for them. So you think there's enough, growth in the next couple of years for you. Is there much competition? Are you, are you competing for these we, royalties? Well, yes, uh, we, we compete for them. I mean, I think, uh, you know, we, some of them, we, we get a leg up uh, one way or another. We, because we are more exploration and development oriented, uh, we are, we look at things that maybe don't have full bankable feasibility studies and necessarily proven improbable reserves, especially if they're with good operators. Mm. Uh, you know, the big operators, they don't they don't necessarily publish, uh, you know, uh, 43 101 reports on 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 their properties. Mm -hmm. But uh, <clears throat> again, there there is some competition, but we're at a, you know, in the junior royalty space, which there's probably maybe four or five companies. I won't mention mention them here, but and they're in the they're in the area of a hundred to uh, two hundred million dollar market cap, maybe even three hundred million. Uh, that's what we call the junior royalty space, and that's what we're aspiring to right now. And we think we have a portfolio. Uh, we're only a royalty or two away of comp comparing very you know handily with the with the companies that are a hundred plus million dollar market cap. You then have an, a second group, uh, the mid tiers. That would be companies like Sandstorm, and they're closer to a billion dollars. They have more predictable revenues, starting to pay more dividends, uh, 
And then of course the big boys, Franco Nevada, uh, Royal Gold, uh, Wheaton Precious Metals. And you know, if you look at the, and every time you step up in the royalty space uh, and, and you add to your uh, net asset value, you get a higher valuation. The Franco Nevada's trade at, you know, what, 25 to 30 times cash flow and uh, two and a half to three times net asset value. Uh, the mid tiers are a notch below that, you know, maybe eight, 50, or 18 to 25 times cash flow. Uh, and then the juniors are a, are, a, uh, are a notch below that. So as you grow, you actually get a higher valuation off of, uh, uh, off of the portfolio. So what's holding you back? Uh, <laughs> absolutely nothing. I mean, we have been going gangbusters, uh, um, and, and like I said, we our, our stock is uh, is actually performed quite well. We are in this for the long haul, so there's not a secret sauce that just says, you know, this is, uh, uh, you know, uh, we're going to magically transform. It, it's uh, it, it's a long term game. So you know, we're, we'll you will see us continue to acquire more royalties and do more option and sale deals that create royalties. And over the next two years, you're going to see, um, we believe, uh, probably three of our development royalties will will start production. Uh, again, these are the and and when you you were talking about the due diligence before, the one thing you know, and I use our Lincoln Hill royalty that we purchased from a third party this year. This is a property that was bought by Core Mining. Uh, it's right next to their uh, Rochester mine. Uh, at Rochester, they're building a new 300 million ton leach pad. That leach pad is literally right next door to the Lincoln Hill deposit. And uh, when they purchased it, Core said they're going to, that this is ore they want to put on the leach pad. It's four times the grade of Rochester. You don't have to necessarily just believe what I say. Uh, you can go and look at what our partners are saying and look at Coors press release. They're saying that they'll be in production there uh, by 2021, 2022 at the latest. Again, coming back to the question, you know, what's, what's holding you back? Is it a case of you can't deploy capital or you can't raise capital? I mean, what, what do you say is the, the hurdles you, ne you next need to get over? Well, look, we bought, built the portfolio up and, and this year, uh, was really been a tra the transformation year for us. Uh, you know, we spent the first two years mostly working with companies, uh, the, the, the third party partners to sell our properties for them to know who we are, mm -hmm. to understand our 100% our sale option model with the retained royalty mm -hmm. as opposed to the joint venture model. Uh, and we were very successful in, in putting that portfolio together for the first two years. It was just last year that we really started doing any work uh, to get out and tell the story to investors. And so one of our goals at, in, in uh, really for last year, and we completed it right at the end of the year, was to get us, uh, our first institutional uh, shareholder. So Rick Rule put in, took it through this, uh, Sprott, one of his Sprott Global Funds, took a nine and a half percent position, literally right at the first of the year this year. Uh, and then uh, a couple months ago in April, we did a deal uh, where we sold a, a portion of a royalty we had uh, to Eric Sprott, and he took a five and a half percent position. 
So, you know, we now this year, I mean, and, and our market cap has doubled this year. So again, we're looking at bigger deals. We have the, we've proven that we have the ability to raise the capital, uh, but we don't want, we want to raise it in conjunction with deals. I mean, we're, we currently have about three and a half million dollars in the bank and, uh, and, uh, and some marketable securities that puts working capital a little over $4 million. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we've got transactions on the table right now where that could uh, be deployed very, you know, in the near future. So, uh, you know, if we, uh, but, but we do have people wanting to put money into the company. Uh, we're not of the mind to go out and just dilute shareholders to, uh, at this market valuation to uh, increase the piggy bank. So, so, uh, we want to do it in conjunction with deals that uh, that that are non-dilutive. So, but if we look at where you've put yourself in in the market, where you've slotted yourself in, you're looking at explorers and developers pre-revenue. So, you've got to wait until they get into revenue before we can start issuing dividends to shareholders, right? Is that well, correct? that's that that's correct i mean we could we could uh you know as i said we have picked up a couple of producing royalties one on jared canyon this year that's going to be a steady predictable royalty so uh royalty source uh we have the uh the isabella pearl has started to pay uh royalties so and and uh over the next 12 months we think we'll be we'll see a couple of more that uh, that are paying when we have that royalty income, our income today is, and we will do about four million dollars in revenue this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we more than cover our our G and A. We're not burning uh, capital at all. Um, but a lot of that comes from the property sales from the option portfolio. Uh, the option portfolio generate about a million to a million and a half dollars this year. Uh, royalty income will be. Uh, uh, about uh, a million and a half, uh, and, uh, uh, and and then we had a gain on the sale of a royalty too. So uh, we that is the next step for us is certainly to to pay a dividend, and uh, I think you can look for that. Uh, you know, uh, it's it's one of my goals for 2020 is is get this company established to where we have a couple more producing royalties and the, that predictable revenue. Uh, to not just do a one-time dividend program, but ongoing. That's going to be a much, it's a much more competitive environment where you're bidding for people who are in production rather than companies which are in exploration and development because, you know, people want to sort of see there's money coming shortly. Well, uh, that's that's true, but we have a couple of advantages. uh, uh, You know, as I said, uh, first of all, a three to... $4 $4 million deal for us is significant. It moves the needle. Mm. Uh, we're not competing with Franco Nevada and the, the majors for that. Seldom, once in a while, we're running into the mid-tiers. We might be, uh, uh, you know, more running into other royalty, junior royalty companies, but uh, there's only a couple of the junior royalty companies that are really actively adding to their portfolio. Uh, uh, some of them are just sitting back with the royalties they already have and, um, you know, m- maybe adding something here or there, but not aggressively 
not aggressively out in the market like we are. We've, we've talked about focusing on Nevada and will you look at focusing outside of Nevada at any time in terms of this growth story that you want to start telling? Well, yeah, we did purchase this last last year and this year uh, uh, a royalty. We first purchased a 1% royalty and then another 2% on Wallbridge Mining's uh, Fenelon project in Quebec. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very exciting project. Uh, anybody who you know is following uh, Quebec mining has probably heard of uh, of, uh, of Wallbridge and this Fenelon project, and uh, <clears throat> it's it's just looking very exciting. And I think it's a project that that will probably be taken over, you know, by a, a major mid tier producer. I'm not sure Wallbridge will take it all the way uh, to commercial production. They have been doing some bulk sampling very successfully there. Uh, so that's one example. Uh, we, for producing royalties, we would we will look outside of Nevada where uh, if, if it's a good jurisdiction. I don't think you'll see us buying something in, uh, in West Africa, uh, but we did look at a producing royalty in, in Peru with a very good operator that we know very well. Mm. And so if we know the operator and we, and we like, and, the, and it, we view it as a safe jurisdiction, certainly for producing royalties, we are looking outside of our uh, Nevada comfort zone. Right, and, and who's, who's assessing those deals? Is that Jerry? Uh, no, that's me. That's you, okay, you'll assess those deals on, on that basis, okay, fine. Yeah. And I have, I have a couple of outside consultants uh, that I use, one that's more of a, a numbers cruncher uh, and uh, he's worked for hedge funds and bankruptcy and uh, workout kind of situations. I've known him a long time. Right. So he helps on, on the evaluation of the deals. And then we have a couple of uh, outside consultants that are kind of bird dogging deals for us and bringing us deals all the time on a, uh, and they get paid on a, on a success fee basis. Okay, and so we're Nevada, outside of Nevada, if it's producing, it's gold. I mean, that's a, most of the big royalty companies are precious metals in the US. There don't seem to be any sort of niche uh, royalty or streaming companies outside of precious metals. Why is that? Is it just the size, the sheer size of the market or is it too complicated to do anything else? Well, I think, uh, you know, you, if, you, if you look at base metals, uh, for example, uh, they're not really very exciting. The excitement kind of goes around a lot uh, with the uh, electric vehicle, the, uh, the battery market. Uh, so you've seen some run up there, but not really enough opportunities uh, to, to really uh, uh, exploit uh, the you know, of course, uh, Franco Nevada has some oil and gas interests that they mm-hmm. that they picked up. Mm-hmm. So they've had a little bit there. But it's uh, look, it, the the gold royalty space is, uh, you know, it it's it's the best way to invest in gold. I mean, if you look at the charts, the 10 year charts, Franco Nevada, wheat and precious metals and royal gold have outperformed the S&P. Yeah, uh, and well, the well, get, get, been on a pretty good run. Well, Trey, get into it. I mean, because to me, I I, mean, I like royalty companies. Um, you know, everyone's different. But um, remind people why you say that. Why do you say they're the best way to invest in gold? What, what are the risks that you're taking away from the table? Well, look, I I love physical gold, and that's my second favorite way to own gold. But uh, you know, if you just look at the charts. 
And, uh, you know, except the royalty companies have outperformed gold and they've uh, handily over the last 10 years where the regular gold equities have have not they've either un juniors have underperformed and and uh, the GDX is about even uh, if uh, you know what you get with a royalty company is very low risk like gold itself but with leverage so you know you, you you the leverage that you get is on the on the operating business because you're getting the royalty right off the top you don't have development risk as a rule. You don't have construction risk. You don't have expiration risk. All of that comes basically, and you have all the expiration upside in an asset without having to pay for it because you're taking your money off the top, not the bottom after they've deducted for uh, expiration costs. You know, the big, the big challenge in mining is is your, uh, you know, the 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 capex costs to make that have to be maintained and and you know what your true cost of production is when you look at, at the exploration the uh, uh, the operating expense uh, the capex that's needed and everything the royalty holder doesn't isn't affected by any of that that's where the producer is is you're you're banking on the producer doing a good job and having a good asset uh, so you know, it's just a very low risk way to get the leverage of equity uh, in gold without taking all the risk. Okay, that's great. So, and, and as soon as you guys start paying a dividend, it gets even more exciting, right? I think so, yeah. That, okay. uh, you know, uh, <laughs> everybody <laughs> likes to see the dividends. Everyone loves the dividends. Um, and how are you guys keeping your cost down? It sounds like quite a small, compact team. Um, but are you, how do you remunerate yourselves? Do you say we will do it based on what we're returning to the company or are you paying yourselves big salaries or, you know, how's it work with, within a royalty company in the US? We're, uh, well, first of all, the, uh, the way we operate, Jerry and I are the, uh, well, uh, the only two real full-time employees. We have a part-time CFO that uh, is with an accounting firm uh, and uh, we have to pay some of our directors uh, a small amount for uh, their audit committee work and that kind of thing. But Jerry and I are the two only two full-time employees, and we we have a salary plus bonus. And the salary is uh, you know you can go to the financials and see it, but we both draw about one hundred fifty thousand a year in, in salaries. So for what we're doing uh, in the shareholder value and. And then the board decides based on performance through the year, both at the share price and the um, uh, and the portfolio uh, about paying a bonus. Uh, but you know the bonuses have never been it, it it's never been equal even to the salary. So right, okay. Uh, we we operate we operate very lean. We use outside consultants, as I said, for a lot of our bird dogging and looking for deals and evaluating deals. <laughs> And that way, we're not paying a full-time staff. Uh, you know, we, we do have an office manager in Reno that's full-time. So I, I guess you could say that we do have a third full-time employee uh, there. That I'm very <clears throat> glad to hear it. That's uh, very honest, but the, the most honest answer I've had to that question. Um, and I've asked a lot of companies. <laughs> so I appreciate that. I appreciate the low overhead. Um, I can see where you're at. 
uh, in your development. I think, as I say, the rest of this year and the beginning of next year is, uh, you know, a big, big time for you. Um, and if you can just get that next deal over the line, say it should, should move the dial considerably. Um, Trey, thank you very much for that introduction to your business. I'd love to catch up with you soon um, to see how things are going. Sounds like you've just, as you say, started to see the benefit of the hard work over the last three years. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, uh, uh, listen, I, I appreciate the, uh, the chance uh, and, and the introduction to, you, to your viewers. And uh, uh, yeah, well, let's, let's check back with each other here. I think what, uh, what you'll see is uh, in our news flow is uh, several deals uh, that are in the pipeline right now uh, different levels of, of and and a couple of uh, as you say ones that uh, that could could and should move the needle thank you for listening if you've enjoyed the interview why not subscribe to cruxcast or our website cruxinvestor.com and of course our youtube channel crux investor plus you can catch us most days on twitter and linkedin we really love getting your feedback so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon